talking with the experts. And welcome to Talking with the Experts. And my guest today is Eugene Capon, and he is from the United States. And Eugene is a social Hi. media futurist, and Eugene's forward thinking attitude towards how we connect using technology has been at the forefront of his mission to connect with the world. In 2014, he graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts with an emphasis on YouTube studies from Evergreen State. Upon graduation, he went to work at the YouTube consulting agency, Press Play. Since then, he has been an avid YouTube creator, making 360 animated shorts, which have gained millions of views on YouTube, as well as making appearances to educate the masses on the evolution of the social media experience. Wow, excellent background, Eugene. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm, I'm really good. Thank you for agreeing to have me on. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, what it is that you actually do with, um, with YouTube. I mean, I know that you've made short videos and so forth, but what else yeah, do you so, do there? So in the, uh, it, the short answer is I'm a YouTube content creator. Uh, the long answer is I'm the CEO of Studio Cap'n, which is a XR content creation and animation studio in Tacoma. Washington in the United States. Uh, we're best known for creating the show Glitched, which was the first in VR talk show to be ordered as if it was a TV show. And we actually ran for three seasons. Um, when you look at the things that I've done on YouTube, uh, the majority of projects that we've released are 360 animated films. So they're basically three degree of freedom videos that you can look around it. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Okay. So um, getting into social media and so forth with um, businesses, how can um, you explain how what you do can help a small business? Okay. So in the world of social media, nobody likes to be sold to, right? Absolutely. And, and yet brands sometimes spend upwards of millions and millions of dollars to basically advocate for their specific brand to basically gain said trust. Well, we focus in basically making social media fun and entertainment. So instead of creating just straight ads, we work on creating pieces that rely on influencers and we create pieces that basically people don't realize they're being sold to so have you have you ever heard of like um the Harmon brothers no i haven't i must say but um, okay so the Harmon brothers um have one of the earliest examples of what i like to call um advertising funtainment and basically it's creating media that is so entertaining that you absolutely love the product, no matter what it is, by the end of the advertisement. 
Like you don't feel like you're being sold to. And so one of their biggest successes is a product called Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty. (laughs) Squatty Potty. It was this company that went on to a TV show called Shark Tank to raise a bunch of money. Um, They did pretty well for getting the uh, brand out there into the world. But, you know, you know, what can you really do with a, what's basically considered a stool that just helps you poop better, right? Yeah. So they went to this uh, team called the Harmon Brothers and they were like, what can you do for our product? And what they did was they created this very unique commercial uh, that featured a pooping unicorn and a crown prince giving you this overlay of information of how the product worked. And it is so hilarious to watch. Oh, I think that it's just, it's just, yeah. Like it's, it's so memorable that it's, it's one of the constant examples that I use uh, when trying to sell our own products. We call it the Harmon brother effect. Okay. So in, um, in like an everyday uh, social media, I guess when people are posting, say on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, one of those, you know, platforms, what, um, uh, how can they not be salesy if, um, you know, and it's really difficult to write good copy that doesn't make you sound like you're, you know, actually trying to sell them something when you are. Of course. Uh, One of the best tactics is honestly, just make fun of yourself. Talk to, talk to people as if, you know, you're talking to a friend and not trying to sell. Like nobody likes to sell. Nobody likes to be sold to, but everybody likes to make a friend. So if you convince them that you're, you know, not trying, but you're simply trying to get to know them, their needs, their wants, their uh, various problem points, and then you can offer solutions to those. But if you come straight out of the gate going, hey, you should buy my insurance without even asking if they have insurance in the first place, odds are you're probably going to get the door slammed in your face. Right? It's quite, um, it's quite difficult though when, when you're not mm, that way inclined, I suppose, with your copy and you know, you really, especially when you're starting out and you want to really get your, um, you know, your product or your service out there in the, in the public and um, you don't want to, you don't know what you're saying or what, how to say it. So there's ways and means around it. Um, Can you explain a little bit more about that? Of course. Um, So number one, you can hire somebody who's really good at writing, say, sketch comedy or um, basically taking your product and putting it into a setting that isn't directly selling. Uh, If you're not going to go with direct advertising of a very humorous manner, you might consider uh, influencer marketing. Now, influencers or, or YouTubers or Twitter celebrities or Instagram artists they make their living basically creating content that appeals to an audience, right? Mm-hmm. So you might be like, hey, uh, Rocket Jump, which is one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, they don't create a lot of content um, in the last couple of years because they've moved on to bigger things. But 
something that I really enjoyed about their content is whenever they had a sponsorship to sell a product, they created a short film around the idea of whatever it is. One of the deals that they actually had was with a company called Crunchyroll, uh, which is a, an anime streaming service. And so they created a TV show that was basically cops and robbers, but it was taking place where everybody was incredibly affected by the anime world. So a lot of anime references, a lot of subs versus dubs. If you're into the, into yeah. the industry and, and you're well aware of, you know, the sort of war that goes on within those communities. Um, they're, so they're basically making fun of the content that they're being hired to sell. And influencers, honestly, they, they do this. That's how they make their living. So while you might go to a traditional route of trying to get a, a, a TV spot or a radio spot, odds are you can already tap into a pre-built market of, and fandom within influencer marketing, hire them to create content around your brand or your product and be much more successful as far as trying to stretch that dollar. Yeah, products are, quite, are probably easier to sell than services, I must say. Um, you can't, I mean, how can you, I guess, make fun of this of a service with, you know, you're trying to be serious. You want people to buy it. I, I don't think there, uh, there is much of a difference in trying to sell either a product or a service. What it comes down to is, is, are you trying to sell a, an idea or a concept or, or solve a pain point? So, Basically, any, any product or service, um, what you're really trying to get value out of is, are you trying to provide value or are you trying to provide entertainment? So say like um, the music industry is, is a great uh, example of this. Uh, back in the day, we used to buy records, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened? Napster, yeah. right? Yeah. Napster happened. Nobody started, you know, everybody was downloading media, right? That was the evolution of how we were uh, getting our music or, or evolving our music taste based on how new technology was impacting our society. So what happened after Napster became a thing, you know, we changed to streaming media. And if you couldn't sell um, the songs directly, say like through iTunes or something, you know, you know how they used to have like that 30 second snippet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they don't, they don't do that anymore. Right. You just sign on to Pandora or Spotify and you list your favorite artist's record for free, but you might end up listening to a couple of ads along the way. And that's how they're making their money. It's, it's just a change of how you're looking at, how the media is actually perceived and how the product might be perceived or the service might be perceived. Yeah. Now I know that um, a lot of um, social media things, I mean, I'm, I'm talking more like Facebook or LinkedIn are, are moving towards more video content. Mm -hmm. um, what is your advice around that sort of way for a business owner to advertise? Uh, I think, hiring a, a video professional 
to basically make content? Well, well, let me ask you this. Uh, I think I really do think it depends on where you are in your uh, career or or your company's uh, longevity. If you're just starting out, you might decide, you know what, we we're just starting this product. We don't have a fan base. We don't know how to sell it to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire some local kid from the college in a in a film program, and I'm going to hire him to document me basically building this brand. And then as you're putting out that sort of content, you're getting people who are watching you. It doesn't really matter what the uh, product is, but suddenly you're getting people who are suddenly invested in your journey. And, you know, odds are they're probably going to want you to succeed, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if they're getting emotionally invested in the journey of a product, odds are they're probably going to buy said product. Yeah, well, that's an absolutely, I hadn't thought about using someone from the local college, but yeah, that's a great idea. I think um, I might promote that a little bit more in what I'm doing. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely do think that people should be putting um, media content and their documentation as far as uh, following the journey onto, say, LinkedIn and Facebook. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think video on LinkedIn is incredibly underutilized as a, as a platform. Um, we, uh, we've actually had a bunch of personalities come out of LinkedIn as like professional, like brand development gurus or social media influencers, even though LinkedIn isn't traditionally known for those sort of things. Mm. Yeah, it isn't. It's more, uh, it is a business platform and that, um, you know, try not to use it as a, as a, try not to use it as a Facebook platform. And so, you know, keep them sort of separate. I mean, that's, that's my philosophy anyway. I use, I use LinkedIn as a, as a more businessy thing and share more business content where on Facebook, I tend to share, um, you know, more, more laid back content. So, um, mm. and I, that's what I've been finding anyway on there. And, it's really hard to get um, to get uh, permission to um, do the videos on LinkedIn, you know, to do live videos. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. quite a process and it's quite a lengthy waiting period to do that. Where on Facebook, you know, you just press a button and you go live straight away. So, you know, I don't really know why LinkedIn are making it so difficult for people to do lives on there if it's based on, you know, business content rather than social content. I, I, I think that's eventually going to change. I, I think right now they're just testing the waters to see how those, you know, adding live video is going to affect how people work within the ecosystem of LinkedIn. Yeah. But at the same token, I would, you know, probably prefer not to do live video on LinkedIn just because you want to do your distribution of content, right? Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. But you know, I guess it depends on your business and, and you know, how you feel about stuff and you know, it, your personality and if you can do lives because not everyone's, you know, um, confident enough to do them. Or, or wired for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, 
how is um or how do you think the the current um covid situation is affecting social media as a whole um so i think almost overnight um we went to a gig econ- we went from a gig economy to a live stream economy so before it was you know how can i hire people to do these small things or you know how can i you know teach a a dance class or you know how can i train people to go work out at the gym and suddenly it's hey you know let me teach you how to you know, work out or, or teach you how to, you know, learn a new dance, but we're going to do it through live streaming. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, when that happened, uh, a business partner of mine, uh, his wife owns a dance studio or now his ex-wife owns a dance studio. And one of the things that very quickly we had to do was we had to migrate the entire business from an in-person class mm. to a live stream class. And so we had to go in, set up cameras, set up computers for live streaming, set up uh, restream.io so it could be streamed out to, you know, where it needed to be. And then we needed to figure out some sort of payment system that actually worked for people to actually want to do the classes online. And I believe what we came up with was for every three classes that you took online, uh, you got one in-person class for free when COVID got over. Yeah. And so it incentivized everybody to continue their education in this specific arena while basically banking on learning for the future. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of local businesses, or at least in my area, actually had to move that way. Uh, I know a, um, a, a personal trainer who basically went from, hey, I'm going to teach people in real life to all of a sudden putting together uh, a Udemy course online to basically do like, hey, for six weeks, you can lose all your body fat. Here's exactly how you do it. Um, I actually bought into it and I lost probably 35 pounds during COVID. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Cool bananas. and I think part of the uh, the live stream economy is really backing on um, low effort, high efficiency, which um, is the thing most entrepreneurs are actually practicing already. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you do it too, right? Ah, well, yeah. I work long hours too, so yeah, but not as long as you, like five in the morning to 11 at night. That's a long day. I take a two hour break to go to the gym halfway in there usually. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Now, I know that um, um, people have had to move their businesses online. Does it have to be expensive? No. I mean, you can work from home, right? Yeah, but... I mean, you can... I think it was uh, Pinterest that paid like millions of dollars to get out of of their lease. (laughs) Wow. Just because everybody is working from home anyway and they were going to save money in the long run by you know cutting out their lease yeah all right so you know like um what i'm i guess um you know equipment set up like you know microphones cameras um what else what else would you need lighting 
Uh, well, for most, for, you know, most jobs, you probably don't need lighting. You don't need professional mics. I mean, a, a simple Logitech webcam and a laptop would probably suffice for most people. Uh, if you're a professional entertainer, though, or you're, you're doing some sort of online streaming, um, that's definitely going to differ. Uh, you're probably going to want, say, like a Blue Yeti microphone, which is actually what I'm using right now. Uh, thanks to a, a gig that I used to do for Skype. Uh, what are you using? Like, what's I your, use what's a Rode Mini. Like? I use a Rode Mini. Okay. Yeah, and I, uh, I quite like it. I yeah, I looked at the um, I looked at the Yeti Blue, and um, uh, I didn't. I couldn't see much difference in in the quality, or uh, I think maybe cost was a little bit of a factor. I think the Rode was a little bit cheaper. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't have any issues with it. Um, if 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 I had to be on the road, uh, I think my my Alienware laptop would be absolutely fine for doing um, like low key streaming, doing like mini interviews. I might grab my uh, my my little M50 and my Rode mic for oh, yeah, yep, yep. For, for doing like vlogging. Or to you know side record and then match up the audio and post right yeah um, but for for the bigger projects that I have because we do like animated films yeah uh, we do need something a lot more robust and we actually got a sponsorship from a company called Puget Systems yeah and they hooked us up with an eleven thousand dollar render PC wow <laughs> right uh, I think it's two hundred and fifty gigs of ram <laughs> oh huge, huge. uh but it's, Send it but my it's, way but it's it's needed for you know the sort of content we do which is you know 360 video and not everybody can uh can afford to do it in a animation capacity yeah yeah so, so i've noticed you've got a couple of youtube channels eugene um can you tell me studio um cap on and eugene cap on so which one is the one that people should follow the most people should probably go to the company youtube channel um we the channel has over 10 million views twenty thousand subscribers uh that's actually the channel that prompted us to sell glitched for three seasons uh, it also prompted me writing a series for skype on digital streaming uh, so, and we, we try to put up a video, a 360 animated film every 30 to 45 days. Uh, tomorrow we're actually releasing Flappy Bird. I'm not sure when this is going live. Uh, so October yeah. 1st is when our next project is going live. Yeah. Um, but you'll be able to find not only, uh, a couple of review videos, but some of the bigger 360 animated pieces that we've done. Uh, we recreated the first level of Super Mario from 1985 wow. as, a, as a 360 animated film. Uh, we did a haunted house version of Pac-Man. That was really cool. <laughs> We've done Space Invaders. Uh, you know, we're just really rebranding and repackaging our love of retro video games. Yeah. And now we're um, with the more personal channel. Uh, it's basically vlog content, uh, the Eugene Cappen YouTube channel. Mm. And we're moving from... Uh, somebody once told me uh, on YouTube, you either are in one of two camps. 
uh, entertainment or value, yeah. escapism or you're teaching something. Yeah. And I say, why not have both? Yeah. So I, I try to put out these five minute vlogs um, and I always stop within it to try to teach something or give some sort of value. And I make every video, every vlog exactly five minutes. Okay. Be because I feel like, let me ask you for five minutes of your time is not that big of an ask. No, it's not really. All right. So is um, the studio cap on, is that a paid uh, subscription channel or? No, oh, it's not. We, we put out everything for free. Uh, you will have to maybe watch a couple of ads, yep. you know, part of the, part of the streaming model, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. Bananas. That's a great thing. And your website, high tech influencer. Uh, what's that one about? Uh, so I, give talks on the future of technology, specifically how we get to the metaverse. Right. What is the metaverse? Uh, the metaverse is the eventual replacement of the internet. Okay. Yeah. Did you, did you ever see the movie Ready Player One? No. Or, or the Matrix? Yes. Okay. So the Matrix is essentially what the metaverse could be. Um, oh. So instead of surfing the internet and looking at websites, you might put a VR headset on and teleport into worlds of information. So you might go to the library, you might go to work, you might go to Disneyland, all within a VR headset. And when the technology becomes good enough, it'll be a lot more lifelike than what we currently have. Wow, that sounds um, quite intriguing. And uh, yeah, wow. And uh, Studio Capon, that's obviously your business. So mm -hmm. um, do you have anything to promote at the moment? Um, not at this moment. Uh, a lot of the stuff we have is under NDA. Um, Flappy Birds is coming out tomorrow, which yep. I recommend you go check it out. Right. Um, and then stay tuned for some uh, music-related VR content news. Wow. That we, we hope to be dropping very soon. Terrific. All right, Eugene, that's um, going to have any final words for our business owners out there. Think about what you would tell yourself 10 years ago and then follow through. Good advice. Good advice. Good advice. All right, Eugene, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I do really appreciate it. Uh, I know our time difference was a, a bit of a challenge, but uh, yeah, we've got through it. And um, yeah, so I really enjoyed talking with you and thank you again. It was my pleasure, Rose.